On today's episode of the Bolts Broadcast, the champs prepare to defend their title. Be tuned. Season 3, episode 53 of the Bolts Broadcast. Mike Mitchelson and Chase Croshaw with you today. Chase, how are you on this lovely Saturday afternoon? I'm doing uh, pretty well overall. Um, is it 53? Isn't it 55? Yeah, it is 55. Did I say 53? Yeah. Well, season 3, episode 55. Uh, I just had to... I was very confu- I was very rattled by that one. Eh, it doesn't matter. Episode 55... And we are recording on a Saturday because it is Easter Sunday tomorrow. Uh, if you are listening when it drops on Monday, we hope you had a great Easter. We're able to celebrate sometimes uh, with the family and everything like that. Have a great time. So, yeah, that's why we're recording on Saturday. Hell yeah. Uh, how you doing? You're just so rattled you can't even yeah, talk about I, your feelings? I, 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 think, I think we had a close down shop. I, got, I, need, I need to take the next six hours to really, really reflect upon this. Uh, thanks so much for stopping by. And as always... Talk to you next time. Yeah, no. No, oh, no, 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 no. That was just a meme. Uh, anyways, I'm doing great. I know you were wondering. Um, no, not, I not, not was really. able to take a nap today already, and it's only 2.42 p.m. But sometimes when, you're, when your schedule wakes you up a little bit early, you kind of got to need another little nap. So that's what I did. That's why the voice might be deeper than usual because a little groggy still. But we're getting into it uh, on today's episode of the Bolts broadcast. Going to be talking about the Bolts officially clinching the playoffs. We've got a one-year extension coming for a core 20-player of this roster. Game review, game preview. After the commercial break, we got to talk about some stuff around the league. And then we're bringing back in some M-Bon hockey on TikTok. Going to be doing some reactions to two of his more recent videos. But before all of that, we got to give our thoughts and prayers out to Mike Bossy and his family. Unfortunately, the Hall of Famer passed away recently. Yeah, you know, he's been fighting illness for quite some time. Um, and recently, you know, it, it, or signs his health has taken turns for the worse, and he ultimately does pass away. So very sad, a legend, uh, maybe very arguably the best goal scorer of all time. Um, certainly the second best. It's between it's it's him and Alexander Ovechkin with, without a doubt. Uh, Mike Bossy did some pretty special things. I think he averaged like sixty five goals a season or something like that in his NHL career, which is just ridiculous. It was some it was some number like in the sixties or very high fifties. Uh, just an, an incredible player. Uh, has an, you know I think he has nine straight fifty goal seasons or something like that in his career is, is what he ended up doing. Just very special. Uh, so, you know, recipes, thoughts to him and his family uh, this difficult time. Yeah, an absolute legend. Brought home multiple cups. Uh, did great things in the game and out of the game. Uh, all right, let's now talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning officially clinching. This is one we've been waiting for for quite a while. I mean, I feel like we maybe should have clinched uh, a couple weeks ago, but didn't happen. We do officially get it done, though, uh, on Thursday night, that being against the Anaheim Ducks. We did take this one in a 4-3 victory in overtime. Yeah, didn't matter how the win came. Got the win, got the clinch, doesn't matter. Uh, at the end of the day, as long as you win hockey games, it doesn't matter if it's 35-34, to 34, if it's one to nothing, if you play 17 overtime periods, it, it, it doesn't matter. You just got to win the game. And that is what happened here. So uh, good stuff overall. You know, a solid ho- hockey game. Adam Henrik had a pretty good game for the Anaheim Ducks. In turn, Anthony Sorelli had a pretty good game for our Tampa Lightning as well. So, 
uh, you know, it, it was a you know solid outing. It was a good game to clinch playoffs on. Yeah, and winning a game in any fashion is really all we can ask for right now because, unfortunately, we haven't been blowing people out of the water or haven't been, uh, you know, going crazy on this last little stretch towards the playoffs. So right now, just hoping for some wins as we get in towards the playoffs, really get on a hot streak, get going before that uh, the playoffs start. Saturday, tonight, we do have a game at 7 p.m. against the Jets. However... Obviously, we don't know what's the result of that. We did preview that one in our last episode. so We win. Hopefully, it goes well. We win. Um, we do have one game to preview, though. That's on Tuesday against the Detroit Red Wings. Hey, if we win tonight, then we go versus Detroit on Tuesday. This could easily start a nice three-game win streak for us. Yes, we will win tonight. We will win on Tuesday. And we might as well say screw it and just went out the rest of the year and then never lose again the rest of the season. You know, that's, that's you know, that, that, that's just how we might as well do it. But reality, I, I do think that we are going to come out with a good win um, in this Winnipeg game should make things easy for the Detroit game as well. Should be a, uh, you know, nice, easy win. Hopefully get some things on track, work on a couple things. And then at that point you got six games left before playoffs. Yeah. And if there's a team that's, you know, Playing even worse than us, that's Detroit right now. They've only got three wins in the last 10. So uh, this should be a win for sure. Get get us up, ramped up, ready to go for the playoffs. And like you said, if we just went out and you know go 16-0 and in the playoffs or something, it's, that's totally cool with us, mm-hmm. especially because at that point we've got to be invited to a Stanley Cup celebration parade, right? Absolutely. Like you would think. I, I, mean, I mean, three years of the Bolts broadcast, uh, or this is the third year. And the two prior cups, yeah. So you you would think that it's something with us, not something with the, with the team itself. Well, obviously. So I, I don't know why we wouldn't you know get that in. Hmm. Uh, all right. Well, let's head on back to that extension we we're talking about a one year for the backup goaltender. Yeah, Brian Elliott. Uh, one year, nine hundred k. That's you know very reasonable. He's played relatively well over you know the last little bit that he has played. You know earlier on in the year was. Some things are sometimes like, okay, maybe this guy isn't really doing much for us, but he's actually looking like a decent complimentary piece to Andre Vasilevsky. So another year at a team-friendly, obviously, cost. Um, it's, it's a good signing. Yeah, absolutely. We'll take it, especially because recently, the couple of games we've seen him, he has actually played pretty well. So excited to see that. Uh, just keeps us stable in that position group. So uh, we're going to go to a quick commercial break, but on the other side of the commercial break, we are going to be talking about some News from around the league, including a um, very big report that we will go over. Um, and then, of course, the Michael Bartner hockey reaction. So we'll do that right after this. Hockey fans, feel the action on the ice like never before with the DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold, hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Contest. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. 
That's code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 and older, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Shout out to our friends over at DraftKings. Thanks so much for sponsoring the show. If you have any betting needs, make sure to head over to the DraftKings Sportsbook. And Chase, I was just thinking, I, I got paid today, which, which I was surprised by because we usually get paid on Tuesdays. But uh, right now, I'm um, I'm feeling pretty happy with my situation, and I'm thinking, you know, hockey playoffs might be the start. Of, yeah, of a little little you sports bet. Diving in, ready we'll to go. We'll see. I don't know. I mean, it's it, it's going to be one of those where I got to just make sure I don't become a degenerate like yourself. But uh, <laughs> I, dude, I haven't even placed a bet in like a week. Too too, too much of a cold streak. Slacking. Too much oh. of a cold streak. Yeah, that that definitely hurts. The one problem that I think I'm going to have is. I did the stock market for a little bit. I was watching it like every 30 minutes. Legit. And I could not do anything else. It was bad. <laughs> and it was only 100 bucks that I put into, uh, what was it? Doge. It was, ah, it was Doge. Yeah. Back when Doge was going off, like around last Super Bowl time. Yeah. And I could not keep enough eyes on it like just kept going back so i'm a little bit worried that if i do some sports betting that i'm just gonna be obsessed with the app continue to check and it's just gonna be bad yeah i check it quite a bit but honestly it's not as bad as i thought i would be mm-hmm. so who, who knows you, you, you might be all right but you're not gonna know until you try right yeah i guess so all right chase well, let's talk about the kyle beach situation yeah so the nhl um after a an alleged uh, power outage at, at their headquarters. They, they were supposed to release this uh, report into the Kyle Beach investigation, um, and then the power outage delayed it by a few hours so for whatever reason. Um, let's see if that's actually you know true or not. I don't know. Maybe we'll never know. But they released this um, report that, that the Blackhawks, the NHL, the NHLPA um, kind of did uh, and kind of reviewing the situation. It essentially said that what they had found was that there was no systemic uh, issues in place, that the only reason that this Kyle Beach thing wasn't reported properly was because of miscommunication. Uh, Donald Fair did nothing wrong. The NHLPA didn't do anything wrong. The Blackhawks did nothing wrong. USA Hockey did nothing wrong. It was all just simply a miscommunication, which is just kind of a pathetic outcome out of this whole thing, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, I, I saw when I was reading about it, um, Elliot Friedman put out a pretty good piece that I retweeted. Um, so if, if you haven't read it yet, go click on my Twitter and you can read it. Go click on Elliot Friedman's Twitter. You can read it. But, um, you know, he, he's talking about how in these two investigations. So, the, you know, the Kyle Beach's lawyer did an investigation and then the NHL side, you know, and, and the Blackhawks side, their lawyer did an investigation. And in these two investigations, there's very conflicting reports. Kyle Beach's investigation, the um, at the time it was the NHLPA psychiatrist, I believe is what he was. I don't remember his name. Dr. Shaw, maybe. Um, yes, it's, it's Dr. Shaw. He said that he had no recollection of talking with Kyle Beach. But then when he does the NHL's interview, he goes into very deep detail on all of his conversations with Kyle. So that's very strange mm-hmm. um everything about this is very strange people are not very happy with the outcome in this as they shouldn't uh elliot freeman mentioned that you know if he were a player and he saw this was the resolution the nhlpa came up with he would not be happy and he would not stand for it and i think that should be the case uh the players should not be happy this one i think that you kind of got a really really clean house you, you, you need a new representative donald fair might not be that guy anymore uh you, you need 
kind of everything new uh, within the NHLPA in, in terms of the executives and the people, you know, kind of overlooking it. Yeah, I think it's kind of a mess because you can't say it's a miscommunication when the Blackhawks themselves need to know everything that's going on in their building mm-hmm. from, you know, waste management all the way up to player personnel, everything. They need to know what's happening in their building. And if something like this is happening or in their organization, uh, if something like this is happening, there can't just be miscommunication and just, oh, I, I didn't know. I thought, you know, it just seems like quite the mess. And I wish we got more out of it. It, it just seems like the old boys club is covering their ass. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty pathetic at the end of the day. That's really the, the word I got for it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of pathetic. What a shit show. <laughs> um, you were telling me before we got on the show that NHL referees are supposed to be what the, the fastest, most responsive referees in sports because yeah. of how fast the game is. Yeah. Uh, not the case no. in this situation. So when you're watching an NHL game, you realize a lot of refs actually do a very good job of getting out of the way. They don't let pucks hit them. If a puck's coming at them 90 miles an hour, they find a way to get out of the way. Um, you know, They jump along the boards, they duck, they do whatever the hell they got to do. Uh, in this instance, in the Boston-Ottawa game, this official does not get out of the way. Hits his skates. He obviously wasn't paying good attention to the play, as uh, he should have been. And then it hits his skates, gets stuck in between his feet. So his resolution there is, I don't want them coming near me. Let me kick the puck directly to this Boston Bruins player right on mm-hmm. the tape. Uh, that is a literal fireball offense. I, I, I don't know how you how you keep your job as a ref at that one, especially as an official. You're, you're supposed to be acting... Not a, I feel like I've had this rant before on this podcast, but I don't care. You can't be acting as a third party, as a third team in, in this game. The official's job is to oversee the game and ensure player safety and make sure the game goes according to the rules. They should have no impact on the actual play on the ice other than the calls that are made in accordance to the NHL rulebook. They should not be getting themselves involved. They, they should not be acting as a third team. They shouldn't be getting emotionally attached or anything. They shouldn't be you know, yelling at players, yelling at coaches, all, all, all this shit for no reason. They shouldn't be kicking pucks into play. They need to do everything they can to avoid the puck touching them as much as possible. And this is just a case where that didn't happen. And that's kind of unacceptable. You know, I, I know it happens at lower levels of sports uh, because the refs aren't as trained. They aren't as you know, technically gifted in, in their craft. You know, I, the level of hockey I work at, I see it all the time, it pisses me off. Uh, if, if you're, they don't even make an attempt to get out of the way of the puck. But if you're in the NHL, you you, you got You got to be able to get out of the way of the puck, and not touch that puck. If a puck does get in your feet because you messed up, and you have to sit there and take it and let the guys dig around you, you you can't do anything to change the game. It's pretty embarrassing. Yeah, especially because, like, kicking the puck regardless. Down to it, obviously, like you said, but it, it was literally on the tape of the Boston Bruins player. Like it was it the was, best pass all night. Yeah, it was perfect. Like, and I don't know. Maybe he was thinking just like immediately in his mind. I don't remember who it was, but one of the Boston Bruins tried wrapping it around the boards, and then it hit the skate. So maybe he was thinking, "Oh, it would have been a completed pass. So let me just complete it for him." You just can't do no, that. No. So no. If if you're if you're that bad at getting out of the way, then you have to you have to take what's going to be coming at you physically with the guys battling for the puck right there. Yeah, it's it's tough with refs being in the game at times because I mean we've seen football clips where a quarterback's just trying to throw it across the middle and just smokes the ref. And I don't know, it, it's hard with bodies being on the ice 
or on the ice, on the field, whatever, yeah, like, officiating the game. Like, if you could just have over the top, no officials on the ice, then it'd be so much easier. But still, well, that, that doesn't, that's, that's not, not an reality. excuse. No, that's not, that's not a reality anyway. And like, yeah, it's not the easiest, but at, at the end of the day, not a lot of people in the world have easy jobs. You know, that's yeah. everyone's job has a degree of difficulty. And if you can't handle the difficulty, if you can't handle that pressure, if you can't handle the situations, then maybe you're not cut out for that job. Right. All right, well, let's now go talk about M-Bon Hockey. Uh, we've reacted to Michael Bartner and his TikTok videos a couple of times with his uh, top couple forwards, top defensemen, top goalies, stuff like that. Uh, now he's come out with two videos talking about in five years who will be the five worst teams, who will be the five best teams. So we're going to go through the five worst teams now. Uh, I want to get your reaction. So he thinks the absolute worst team in five years will be the Pittsburgh Penguins. Do you want me to just go through the whole list and then you can react? Yeah. The Pittsburgh Penguins will be the worst team. The Capitals, the second worst. The Vegas Golden Knights, then the San Jose Sharks, and the Islanders. Those will be the five worst teams. I definitely wholeheartedly agree with Pittsburgh, Washington, New York, Islanders being on that list in some way, shape, or form. Um, San Jose, I don't know because I think they're going to get enough draft picks in the next couple of years where they might you know, be able to be a kind of middling team. In Vegas, I could see it happening for sure. It's going to drop off at some point, whether it be this year or next year or the following year. It's going to drop off, and it's going to drop off pretty hard because they started winning right away, and they didn't get to really build any sort of foundation, any sort of development process. So they're not going to have many prospects in the system like they currently don't right now, and things are going to fall hard. So I, I can I can get behind that list overall, maybe not San Jose. Uh, you know, If I had to go with a different team, in reality, it, it could be our Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, it, we, we, we could we could be seeing in five years from now, Andre Vasilevsky, Victor Hedman, Steven Samkos, Nikita Kucherov all have fallen off or have moved on. It, it's it's really not impossible. Five years is a lot of time, especially when you're looking at guys that are, you know, into their 30s or late 20s in hockey, uh, mm-hmm. especially these, these European guys, the Russian guys. Maybe they want to go over and play the KHL for a couple seasons. It's not, it wouldn't be crazy. We've seen it. We've seen it happen before. We see, you know, we saw Pavel Datsyuk do it. We saw Yammer Yager leave in the prime of his career a couple times ago playing the KHL. We, we, we've seen these things happen. So it could be our tip of lightning. But I will definitely agree 100% with Pittsburgh, Washington, Islanders being in that list. I could flip flop uh, Pittsburgh or Washington either way. And I think the Islanders are that number three team. Four, I'm okay with Vegas. And then five is kind of a wild card. I, I, I just don't, I feel like it's not going to be San Jose. Okay. Uh, let's now talk about his opinion on the top five best teams. Again, this is M Bon Hockey over at TikTok. If you want to check these videos out for yourself, uh, I'm going to go five to one here so we okay. can keep it a mystery. Uh, the fifth best team in five years is going to be the Minnesota Wild. Then he moves over to the New Jersey Devils. The Detroit Red Wings are the third best team in hockey in five years. The Carolina Hurricanes still sit atop, being the second best team in the NHL in five years. But the very best team in the NHL in five years is, any guess? The LA Kings. The Colorado Avalanche. I disagree. It's going to be it's gonna be the LA Kings. They, they are the team most positioned for great success down the road. Um, the Colorado, yeah, they're currently there, and they could continue to be there for some time, but five years, again, is a lot of time for guys that are you know, in, the, in their mid to later 20s, a couple of them, like Landis Cog, um, you know, like they, they're going to get a little bit older and may, maybe change up their, you know, how, how they're playing. Maybe they're going to slow down a little bit. But 
you look at the LA Kings, they have the best prospect pool in hockey. The Red Wings, they have the second best prospect pool in hockey. Um, did you mention the Anaheim Ducks nope. in that list? I would, they were not in uh, it. The Anaheim Ducks, I think, has a top three um, prospect pool in hockey as well. So they'd be someone I would put in that list. Uh, I, I really... I, I could I could very well see Colorado being in that range, but I I don't I can't say I'd call them number one team. I think it's going to safely be the LA Kings and then the Red Wings, the Ducks for sure in there. Uh, the Hurricanes I don't know they got some really nice young talent. They they've got Sebastian Ajo, they've got Andrei Svechkov, they got Marty Nakash who he's got to figure out his game a little more still. He's got to develop into the full time NHLer star that he was supposed to be. And then on the back end, you know. You got Jacob Slavin, uh, Brad Pesci. You've got some, you know, nice pieces in play, but I feel like their bubble might burst eventually too. Maybe guys will move on. Uh, maybe they won't get their goaltending, but they're a team that they they could be right there. I, I think you know the Avalanche and the Carolina Hurricanes could both maybe be in that like four to eight range in the league at that point. But I definitely do think that the top three are going to be the LA Kings, the Detroit Red Wings, the Anaheim Ducks. What other team was on there that I haven't talked about? The Minnesota Wild and the New oh, Jersey yeah. Devils. Okay, that's right. So Minnesota, I'm I'm all for that as long as they get the goaltending. Uh, that's the only thing we don't know for sure. But and they it, do have Jesper Wallstead. Yes, so that's like, nice. Yeah, it, it's a pretty pretty strong likelihood. It just you know we like it, it's a lot easier to project what forwards are going to do going to like skaters in general are going to do going to the NHL where goalies it's not always as easy. You can have a high end prospect sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes, you know, the Jack Campbell route, it takes you a really long time to become a solid NHLer. So as long as Walshep develops like I expect him to because I've got high hopes, then, yeah, they should be in that range as well. And the Devils, I can get behind it because I think Jack Hughes is going to be pretty safely a top-five player in the league. I've mentioned that before. I think Alexander Holtz is going to be a very strong, uh, competitive first-line scoring type of forward. And then when you're looking deeper in the lineup, you've got Dawson Mercer who's become a pretty good pro. Pavel Zaka has been playing relatively well. They still got Nico Hishier, of course. On the back end, uh, Ty Smith is a little underperforming, but I think he still has a pretty high ceiling. Um, my real question is just in net if it's going to be um, you know, Mackenzie Blackwood or whoever the hell it might be. I don't know. Uh, so as long as they can get their goaltending figured out, I can see it. Yeah, and it's interesting because at the start of last season, we talked about the Rangers. This could be a team that looks like they could be excellent for the next couple of years. But Capocacco and uh, Alexi Lafreniere and uh, Vitaly Kravtsov, all guys we expected to come in and be huge producers and be, you know, really good players. That really hasn't come to fruition yet. Now, they are doing okay, but they aren't the world burners we thought they could be. So the Rangers not really in that list anymore. The only players that have developed well for them are the ones that they didn't develop. You look at, like, look at the roster right now. Uh, Mika Zabinajad didn't really develop with them. He he was an auto, auto Senators guy from the beginning, and they got him in a steal of a deal. Artemi Panarin obviously didn't develop with them. Uh, Adam Fox, they walked into that when they lucked into that because he wanted to play there after he develops into a very good college hockey player. Uh, you look at that, Igor Shosturkin, he, um, sure, you know, what was their draft pick and had a little bit of hands-on development, but he played in Russia for a long time and played some pretty big minutes, so his development was more, you know, based on um, his play in the KHL. So they're, they're, all their best players are the guys that got developed elsewhere. And it's a little concerning when you look at you look at Kaku, you look at Lafreniere, you look at Kravtsov, you look up, look at Hedl, you look at uh, Brett Howden, you look at Libra Hayek, you, you look at all these young guys that showed promise, and really none of them have hit. The closest one is Lafreniere right now. He's playing better, but he's still not really playing as he should, and it's a little concerning, but I still think that the high-end talent is there for him if he can figure it out. 
And if they can kind of figure out this development within that system, that within that organization, sure, they could be that team. But right now, I don't have a lot of faith. Yeah, I'm interested that you had the LA Kings as the number one team just because it feels like they might be going the route of the New York Rangers with a fifth overall pick and a second overall pick and Alex Turcotte and Quentin Byfield, both very underwhelming careers so far, even though they were both, you know, drafted very highly, a lot of projection in their game, very high ceiling in Quentin Byfield. Obviously, injuries come into play with these guys, but as of right now, two and three years in respectively, neither has been able to be a full-time NHLer. Byfield right now is a full-time NHLer. He got called up this year and he's been like, like been, you know, playing pretty much like he's, he's not all the way there, but he's like, he's pretty close. Um, and I, I talked about this in the draft process with Quinn Byfield. He was someone that I would have taken him first overall and I would have not have played him in the NHL right away. I think he is the highest ceiling player in this draft class. And it's, I don't, I don't think it was very close. I, I still think that's very much the case. You still see it in his game. He, he very he very likely should have played this whole year in the American League, honestly. It probably would have been better for his development. He could have dominated a little more, and then next season just make the team out of camp and go from there. Uh, he just someone that needs time to really figure out his game and really figure out how to utilize his frame to the best of his abilities in the NHL because he still doesn't do a very good job of it. He's 6'4", 215 pounds, doesn't really play that way. So if he still needs to figure out how to use that frame. And then Alex Turcotte, that's a guy that's been injured all year or like all career. I'm trying to give him benefit of the doubt as much as possible. You know, I, I've lowered my expectations on him a little bit, but you still watch him play. He's still a very talented player. And then outside of them, you got, you know, Arthur Kaliev, who I think is going to eventually blossom into a 30 year goal, like a 30 goal scorer each year, year in, year out um, uh, up front. And then you, you still got Rasmus Kupari. Uh, you know, he is a very solid, respectful prospect. Uh, I like uh, Samuel Helenius a lot. He's going to be a good middle six type forward for them playing over in Finland on the back end. Then, you, you know, you, you look at Brock Faber, this kid could very well be a team's number one defenseman uh, is lo- looking very good. Uh, you got Jordan Spence, who's doing pretty well. Sean Durs, he's been doing pretty well in his NHL stints. Like they, they've got a lot of the right things in place, and I firmly believe that they're going to be the best team in the league in five years. Very interesting. Uh, also, I got a question for you. How long do you think is reasonable to take if you are looking like you're supposed to be, or I guess with Quentin Byfield's situation? immense ceiling how long are we allowed to give him until we think okay maybe that super high ceiling isn't obtainable anymore because usually when you see hockey players burst onto the scene their top five picks they usually hit pretty quickly now that's not always the case obviously but how long do you think we have to just let the guys play. Obviously, these guys are young. They're 17, 18, 19 years old when they come into the league. So how long are we allowed to give them? From drafting, uh, five to six years. So 23 to 24, somewhere in that range, is when you can start really raising those like questions like highly. Like You, you can have some concerns going on. Like I don't have much concern for Byfield, where I have some concern for Lafreniere. Honestly, not like really bad, but just a little bit because I, I don't understand why he isn't playing more power play time when he, he shows some flashes. That's it, like, is there something beyond... Just bad coaching, what there is, because I like Gerard Galana's coach. I think he's a smart coach, so there's got. I feel like there's some more reason to it. So that's what's a little concerning. Whereas Byfield, you know, head injury is was looked at as you know super talented, but raw coming in anyway needed some time. Uh, you know, I, I really think you can't if, if you're gonna call a guy a kid, you know, oh he's a boss or he's a draft pick after a year or two in the NHL. I mean, you're just doing things wrong. Those guys need three, four, five, six years pretty commonly to develop. I mean, how, how many? 
how many players do you not see become really good NHLers till they're 24, 25 anyway? It happens quite a bit. Um, sure, you want it to happen younger with the, with a higher overall pick, but if he doesn't hit till he's 24, for example, or Quentin Byfield, he can still play 16 years after that of being an elite player. Like he can legit, the guys are going to be playing to 40 going forward nowadays anyway. So take your time. Don't rush it because if it's going to take you four or five years to get 16 years of dominance, so be it. Yeah, my only concern with the modern NHL is you got so much skill and these young guys that reach that top 10 level of player, they usually hit it pretty quick. I mean, I think the most recent guy I can think of that took a little bit longer than some of his peers, maybe Leon Dreisaitl. It took him his third, fourth year to really become that absolute dominant force superstar. Um, so I just think when it comes to guys that have that top 10 player ceiling, they usually hit it a little faster. I'm not saying Quentin Byfield can't hit it. I'm just saying um, I guess I'm just not used to this slower development because of the modern style of game where the development seems to be much quicker for some of these guys. If you want to compare it to another player, Compare him to Jack Hughes right now. Jack Hughes, that kid wasn't ready for the NHL. I thought that at the time as well. I would have told him, go play a year of college hockey. I don't care if you're the first overall pick. Go play a year of college hockey. He goes to the NHL, does okay at best. Second year, again, kind of the same thing. Um, showed some flashes as he did his rookie year, but didn't really take those right steps. But year three, year three this year, things are finally clicking. He's playing like an NHL superstar, and he is showing the signs that he is going to be one of the best players in the league. Quinn Byfield still is a year younger than him, still a draft class younger. Quinn Byfield is one of the younger players in his draft class as it was, too. So he, he's got all these things that are kind of going against him. Like, even even next season, I think we're going to see a pretty large jump from Quinn Byfield, even if it might take a couple months into the year. I think he's I think he's safely a 30- to 40-point guy next year, playing probably what's going to be second, third line for L.A. And that's not bad at all. So what do you think his ceiling is when it comes to being able to produce? If he utilizes his frame to what his full ability can be. I think he is a potential 70 to 80 point score year in year out. True power forward type game can, can play in the power play. Probably won't play a lot of penalty kill. I wouldn't really play him a penalty kill. I, I would keep his ice time and his energy more focused on five and five and power play anyway, but a guy that's going to play first line, a guy that's going to eat up a lot of minutes for you. Okay. So you don't think his ceiling is at least production wise is with Jack Hughes. No, stat-wise, no. Different but, type of player. But it's, yeah, it's a completely but. different type of player who makes a different impact. This uh, Byfield's got a real chance to be a type of wear you down type of guy, and if if that's what if he's able to do that and really can become a true power forward, that's worth an extra twenty points on the on the stats. So if he puts up seventy five points, it's like he's a ninety five point scorer. Mm-hmm. You know. All right. Well, there is our our little tangent off of just some. TikTok reactions. Yeah, so, that's good stuff. You love to see it. But we're going to go to hockey name of the day now to end the show off. Uh, we got four names here. We do got four names here. Uh, Thor, Jorgen, Torp, Freestad. Yes, sir. Oh, I Thor, love Thor. Jorgen, Torp, Freestad. Freestad. I don't know why I forgot to say that. Uh, yeah, so Thor, Jorgen, I th- assume both of those are his first name. Don't really know, to be honest. He's a 22-year-old Norwegian. Uh, he'll be turning 23 in about 10 days. He is from Honefoss, Norway, six foot one, 185 pounds, playing in the top Norwegian league at the moment. Five points to 43 games uh, this last season. We're making the move to a new team. Played a little bit internationally. Played some um, 18U for uh, Norway internationally at the Division I A championships back in 2016-17. 
but you know, he, he just really looking like someone who's going to profile as a lifelong lower level European pro. Maybe he spends his whole time in Norway. Maybe he can branch out, play in like the German league or something like that. But uh, I, I don't think he's going to be too much of a ceiling type player. Yeah. Well, it's a great name because just any Scandinavian name, the Scandinavian culture, all that I'm a huge fan of. So seeing old Thor here come in, love to see that name. Hell yeah. All right, well, that's going to do it for the show. Chase, if you could, lead him out with an outro. As always, I want to thank you guys for listening. If you want to check us out on Patreon, support us over there. We'd really appreciate it. If you want to follow us on Twitter, at Bolts Broadcast, it's at Bolts Broadcast. You can follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter, at HockeyPodNet. That's at HockeyPodNet. While you're at it, follow WNP on Twitter, WNP Sports Pod. That's WNP Sports Pod. Get all the content you need on those Twitter accounts right then and there. Make sure the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com and all the podcasts. Find all the podcasts in the network. I don't even know what word that was. <laughs> Boom. Click the logo. It's an easy peasy lemon squeezy. Wherever the scene can raise five stars, send us your questions, comments, concerns. Wherever you do, do not forget to use code THPM for DraftKings. Thanks so much for stopping by. We'll talk to you next time. I had to put it in the hyperdrive there. Mm-hmm.